Welcome to the Frontline Podcast, brought to you in association with the Atler Group. Atler Group is a collaboration of businesses with a collective history of over 130 years, bringing financial solution to its clients in the world of accountancy, audit, advisory, fiduciary and retirement benefit solutions. Visit atler.im today. On the Frontline Podcast, we chat to leaders in business and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their in-depth and bite-sized opinions that will add value to you and your mind. So thanks for joining me today, Lee. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. So uh, just on this bite-sized episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about your role at MS Risk, what you do there, perhaps something we can expand. Certainly, I, I believe our, our listening audience uh, a lot of them will be in the financial services area, so then how certainly the skills you and the firm have, how you can adapt them, but perhaps we start at the beginning of what MS, sort of overview of MS Risk and yourself. Certainly. So um, MS Risk is a crisis response and security consultancy. Uh, I'm the chief executive officer. I founded the company. Uh, my background is um, originally I served as an officer in the Canadian Armed Forces, and uh, I left the military in the late 1990s to work for mining companies um, in conflict zones and uh, difficult jurisdictions. I helped them understand their risks. I raised private security uh, uh, you know, teams and trained them and led them to make sure that they were operationally and ethically uh, competent for the work they were doing. Uh, in the course of that work, I came across protection racketeering and kidnapping and extortion and, and so on. And, um, and clients were asking me to help them. And, and in fact, the, the very first case I got involved in was in Mexico where a, a geologist was kidnapped and uh, my mining client asked me to help them. And really, uh, with very little uh, expertise in this field, I, I said, yes, I think I can. And I began to uh, uh, you know, make my notes and get organized. And luckily for the hostage, he escaped before I did any uh, harm to him. <laughs> so, um, but. Uh, that led me into into this field of extortive crime, and um, I had a role with a, a, a UK PLC working internationally, where um, I had a remit that included product extortion, uh, kidnapping, um, bombing, dealing with bombing campaigns, and similar. That work um, around the world grounded me and helped helped me uh, develop my own methodologies for dealing with this, and so. 17 years ago, I went into the consulting field. I, um, I, I started a business working for syndicates at Lloyd's of London, and we, today MS Risk you know, uh, carries on. And um, we advise, uh, we, we respond for insurance syndicates, but we also work for corporate, corporate clients who are either self-insuring or managing uh, these kind of perils themselves. Right, interesting. So I think, certainly again, I go back to the industry we're in here or I'm in here in that financial space. We deal with banks and and obviously they've got a wide network of clients as well. So, I mean, if you had advice for them chatting to their clients and speaking to their clients in jurisdictions and, you know, certainly in the space we're in, we'll have clients in the mining arena, I guess maritime, places like that. They've got that opportunity, I guess, here where they're speaking to clients to speak to them about, you know, what insurance, what risk mitigations are you putting in place as the client so they can better understand the risks for their business. I presume, again, that's where you can add value to, to these situations and be brought into the, into the fold. 
Definitely. And, um, you know, we work, we work across the spectrum of business. So we've got uh, hotel chain clients. We've worked with uh, mining companies, energy companies, maritime, both uh, shipping companies, but also uh, port management companies, um, you know, pipeline businesses, construction engineering. The, 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 the range is uh, limitless. You know, one of the things I say to all these clients, regardless of what sector they're in, is, uh, you know, the philosophy we come up with is, why do cars have brakes? And, you know, the obvious answer is to say, well, to stop. But actually, if you think about it, cars have brakes to let you go fast. So <laughs> we're, not, we're not here to bring in loss prevention and security risk controls that are going to limit the business or, or be, just be a, a pure cost center or... Um, uh, you know, retard the chance to grow the business. We actually should be there to enable the business to fulfill its its, mm-hmm. its intentions. And so if having uh, control measures and a security risk management model that's been de- developed by us and is administered by us, if that enables you to go operate in a, uh, a more difficult jurisdiction and do it safely, responsibly, and profitably, then, then, then we're actually delivering for our clients. So, so I look at Again, in financial services, risk management, you, you look at our, our codes, our AML, our AML codes, everything's risk management. See, that's something you're knee-deep in day in, day out. So I assume that education for yourselves as well, of that ongoing risk assessment just continues to develop. You've never, as a business, never at a plateau, I guess. You're always learning new things, new ways to risk manage and, and then deploying them, I guess, for yourself and your clients. Correct. Now, there is some doctrine that underpins everything that we do, and it's based around a plan, do, review model. Um, but, you know, as you say, uh, risk environments shift. Um, you know, what what's permissible in Afghanistan three years ago isn't so right now. What, um, what you can do in parts of Africa right now, you might not be able to do uh, a couple of years from now. So, so um, yeah, we are... Um, we, yeah. We'll shift with uh, with our with our clients' needs. One thing is, is it's important. It's easy for security people like me to come along. We're all ex something, ex military, ex law enforcement, ex something, and um, anyone can build Fort Knox. Anyone can come along and fear monger and encourage their client uh, to um, to build higher walls, build bigger fences, and to spend more and more money on security. Really, what what the organization needs is something that's proportionate. It's got to be risk driven, and it's got to be proportionate. It's going to be, and it's got to be scalable. So, if risk conditions shift and, and increase, that you actually are able to modify your your posture to absorb that and continue to operate profitably and responsibly. And equally, if conditions modify and they lower, you need to know what's the trigger to say actually we can spend a bit less, or we can we can change our posture and reduce it, make it less onerous. So um, these are all important. Um, uh, elements to any enterprise risk, risk model. Yeah, I guess that's a continuing moving feast, as they say, isn't it? So I think, again, as a, in a sheltered life on the Isle of Man, and you talk about extortion and kidnapping, that that feels like a, a world away. So again, when I sort of apply it locally and think about our own compliance within, within our business or, or other financial institutions and then applying that to AML, I guess it's considering that we're dealing with clients all around the world. We're dealing with high-risk jurisdictions, and I'm sure you're dealing with them day in, day out. And just appreciating that the, the the skills and attributes you, you deal with, sort of at an extortion level, will bleed back to 
money laundering. I'm sure you see that, and that's supposed to focus of ourselves as a as a financial services. That's one of the key areas we look at is money laundering. So because someone's been kidnapped a long a long distance away, it doesn't mean it's not affecting us, or we shouldn't be think having those thought processes and understanding that because that or somewhere that money is potentially getting laundered through systems and processes that we use here. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, um, I'm quick to say this is not some uh, you know, black art or dark skill or, you know, a lot, a lot of um, a lot of people in my field will try to mystify it. In fact, I'm, I think it's it's important that that um, security advisors, security consultants can demystify it and ensure that that uh, mainstream business understand there are methodologies that are that are um, that might not be um, uh, well um, well advertised for for good reason, mm-hmm. but they are um, they're measured, they're measurable by the authorities, whether it's uh, in the fin- financial uh, services sector or law enforcement uh, and regulators, and, um, and and that they work, and that this isn't just some sort of um, finger in the air. Uh, trust me, because I say I'm good. There actually is a a system to uh, resolving these kind of crimes and and helping organizations work through them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So again, go back to the space that we, we see a lot locally on the Isle of Man. We'll have clients in the mining industry, maritime industry, retail industry. You kind of can give listeners sort of some examples of where you've seen risk issue risk issues. So let's take maritime, obviously, off the top of my head, I think pirates immediately, but I'm sure there's other areas that you might help firms manage uh, their risk around, whether it's supply chain, I guess, is another example, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, for, let's let's park all the eye-catching kidnap, hijack, yeah, yeah. piracy stuff. That's because uh, you know, bread and butter. It, it, it will seem too <laughs> far away to people here, but you know, simple uh, issues: loss prevention, shrinkage. So, in your supply chain, in your um, in in your um, uh, distribution network, you've got the whole the whole risk of, of shrinkage. Now, it's interesting. I, I worked very closely with a uh, a number of universities and think tanks about fifteen years ago. Um, and um, uh, I, I can't claim it as my own, but I was a contributor to a thing called the ECR model. And the ECR model mapped out the causes of loss in a business. And really, we, fa- we found, and, and I helped provide uh, a platform to test some of, the, some of the procedures, we found that losses occur in four ways in a company. The first one is um, process failure. And process failure is often, it's not well, uh, it's not being investigated, not being looked at carefully enough. So process failure in in a retail environment can be 35%, 34% of loss, of unknown loss. Supplier error is is another one. And in a a retail environment, supply chain environment, that could be case quantity issues or variable weights, uh, uh, you know, the way way things are counted in and counted out, um, can can you have disconnects? And so that could be seven to 10% of loss. And then you've got good old-fashioned crime are the other two areas where loss occurs. And you've got the obvious one, external crime. So that's if in a retail environment, shoplifting or burglary or, or robbery or what have you. And then you've got internal crime. And, you know, companies grapple with internal crime because it doesn't feel like they're living company values when they think bad of their work colleagues. But the pe- pe- people not living the company values are the very people who might be stealing from that company. So, so if um, you get... The, the external crime, the burglars and the shoplifters, that might be you know, 25%, 20%, 25% of your loss. But 100% of the security effort is looking at that one area. 
And it's, it's discounting the internal crime, it's discounting the process failure, and it's discounting the supplier error. And so in that situation, that security model will never succeed because it's only targeting all its resources at external crime factors, external causes of loss, and it's missing 75% of the rest of it. So being able to demystify that and map out the causes of loss in an organization, in whatever it is, making widgets, you know, if you can go through the, um, the, the organization and map it all out, then you can actually be holistic in, in your loss, loss prevention. And, you know, these principles, whether we're talking kidnapping, hijacking, protecting a gold mine in, in Mali or, or managing a, a small business on the Isle of Man, it's the same, it's the same principles underpin all of it. Interesting. So, over, because again, internally, we look at corporate governance as, as more and more, and, and rightly so, on the agenda of importance. So that, I presume, ultimately just dovetails into the internal crime you talk about there. Well, yes. Not, well, crime, yeah, whatever the right word might be. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've noticed over the last 20 years of, of being in this in this private sector field, 25 years of, of being in the private sector, is that uh, you go to big organizations and they'll have internal audit teams. If you actually sit down with those auditors and you say, how much of your time is spent actively trying to target and identify crime in the business? And actually, it's usually a very small proportion, if any at all. And so companies actually have the in-house resources and it has to be more than just the security manager or the contract security company doing access control there you know safety and security is really everybody's uh, remit in any organization you know the one of the examples i used to use in 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 another business i'd say when you got up in the morning you locked your front door going out the going out the house and when you parked your car in the car park you locked your car why is that? Why didn't you pay someone to do it? Because it's not unreasonable that you did it yourself. You self-secured. So if you're a manager in this business and we ask you to hold keys or we ask you to follow certain procedures around handling cash or valuables, it's not unreasonable that a manager follows our procedures. Just as it's not unreasonable for you to lock your, your front door going out of the mm-hmm. house in the morning. And um, and really, you know, at the security director of any company, especially the big the big ones, in one sense, that person has the easiest job in the organization because every single person, if they feel empowered, they've got the chance to raise the alarm if they see something wrong. And so really, in a company of 1,000 employees or 10,000 employees or what have you, that's actually 10,000 sets of eyes to, uh, to spot a problem. And if they don't feel comfortable tackling it themselves, that's fine. They just have to have the empowerment to raise the alarm and tell someone so that it's dealt with. Yeah, interesting. So just for our listeners, if they want to reach out again, I assume you're always open, even if they just want to have some dialogue with you, what's the best way to reach out to you, Liam? Well, if, they, if, if they're existing customers, they'll have a hotline that they can call 24 <laughs> hours a day and, and, and connect them for crisis support. But quite frankly, uh, Martin, they can always come through you uh, or contact us, uh, info at msrisk.com. Okay, great. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us today and uh, giving us a, a synopsis of of MS Risk. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone.